Welcome everyone to this Gemini New Moon meditation meeting here in New York. Uh, we're in the full tide of the um, energies moving towards the final culminating full moon of the higher interlude period, the Gemini full moon, World Invocation Day on June 17th. So we like to begin our meetings always with a moment of silence to link up with all of the other individuals and groups on both the inner and outer planes of consciousness and sound together the Gaia tree. O thou who givest sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed, to whom all things return, unveil to us the face of the true spiritual sun, hidden by a disk of golden light, that we may know the truth and do our whole duty as we journey to thy sacred feet. So this journey that we're all on back to the Father's house, as the mantra says, ask that we come to know the truth. And this topic of today's meeting, esoteric psychology, is one important means that will be evolving for us to know the truth, to know ourselves more fully and to understand others. So it's an exciting science, and as the title said, it's a science that's being born. It was anchored, um, really, with the giving out of the second dispensation of the Ageless Wisdom teachings by the Tibetan. Because prior to that time, there was very little public information about these new, new but relatively very old sciences of esoteric psychology, the study of the seven rays and esoteric astrology. So the Tibetan, who's said to know more about these topics than any other member of the hierarchy, um, has done us all a great service. But it's uh, a science that's just in its infancy as far as human understanding goes. For psychology, just is really a, a relatively new science. It was first anchored or born, so to speak, in 1879 in Germany. And it's interesting to note that this time coincides with the first public dispensation of the Ageless Wisdom teachings with the founding of the Theosophical Society and the giving out of the secret doctrine a little bit later. And surely the intersection of these two events was not random, for the Tibetan has said that if esoteric teaching is eventually to be made public in its presentation, it will be given out along the lines of psychology because esoteric teaching in its fullest and deepest sense concerns the consciousness aspect of man and God. And psychology in its higher aspects is all about consciousness, how to develop consciousness, how to control the mind, 
how to understand how it works, how to use it effectively to bring about the integration or fusion of the three lower aspects of the personality self, and then to steady them so as to bring in the influence and eventually the control by the light of the soul, the inner teacher. So as as people increasingly become more soul-infused, much progress will be made in this field of the new psychology. But the training of the mind to be receptive to the soul is nothing new. It's formed the basis of much of Eastern and Western philosophy, as well as the ageless wisdom that has always been passed down behind the scenes. But as I said, the teaching of esoteric psychology as brought forward in the most recent dispensation has given us this new and added layer of the teaching on the seven rays. It's an intuitive science, however. It's not something that we can just automatically apply in any uh, real fundamental way. Only as the higher aspects of the mind begin to unfold through the building of the inner bridge within consciousness will we be able to perhaps tap into some understanding of these rays and the complexities by which they work out through an individual. Because the rays govern not only our vehicles, each of us is possessed of five primary vehicles, our soul, which is governed by a ray, our personality, our mental body, our emotional body, and our physical etheric body are all governed by a different ray's energy. And the rays also work out through the influence of our astrological chart and the constellations that control. Within the field of psychology, big shifts are occurring, paving the way for the entry of this teaching on the seven rays. The long-established psychoanalytic model is giving way to new modalities, such as hypnosis, past life regression, cognitive models, techniques that incorporate meditation, mind control, visualization, and holistic living, all of which can be used effectively to aid people to integrate with their higher selves. Exploration into such approaches are creating a receptive climate, which is laying a groundwork for the new psychology with its focus on these seven rays or archetypes. There are some rules that help us in our quest to understand more fully how the rays work out through an individual. It's said that the soul ray can be found on any of the seven rays. But if someone is found on a soul ray that is called a ray of attribute, meaning ray four, five, six, or seven, eventually at some point in their trajectory back to the Father's house, they will have to shift their soul ray to a ray of aspect, rays one, two, or three. Uh, The personality ray can be found on any of the rays as well. But often, curiously enough, we're told that the personality ray that governed in the previous life can sometimes have a more potent effect in this life than the personality ray in this life. So there's nothing really straightforward about a determination of the rays. The Tibetan gives us another uh, hints about the three lower vehicles. The mental ray is generally found on either rays one, four, or five. The emotional body or astral body is almost always found on rays two or six, but many disciples can have first ray astral bodies as well. And the physical body is generally found on the third or seventh ray. So these are rules that are given by the Tibetan, and he says that we should really um, take this very much to heart. Um, People tend to like to determine that they have odd rays, but he says you should really study the rays from this chart, this perspective, before you go experimenting and saying that, no, my astral body is on ray four, which is a very common one because the astral body is often governed by highs and lows, but that doesn't necessarily mean the astral body is on the fourth ray. 
it's generally on two or six. So we should pay attention to these rules. Uh, the field of astrology is also going through a real renaissance of interest, particularly among young people, with online portals and podcasts exploding with interest. Astrology has many different modalities from the psychological school, but also the Hellenistic and the Vedic school, very old approaches to psychology, are very popular among young people today. And this interest, this growing interest among the young, is paving the way, I believe, for the esoteric approach to astrology to make inroads. As of yet, those inroads have not been very powerfully made among the mainstream groups, but the future holds much promise because the Tibetan has said that in the future, astrology will be divided into two primary categories, exoteric and esoteric. Esoteric astrology deals with the soul, with the ways and means whereby an individual can come to understand his or her soul as embodied in the rising sign and the ray energies that work through that rising sign, the qualities of that rising sign, the keynote of that rising sign. It's something that we're working towards understanding and embodying over a series of lives. And then you have to also take into consideration the planetary rulers of the rising sign as being of particular importance in uh, conveying not only their qualities, but their ray energies, particularly the esoteric ruling planet of the rising sign becomes a real a conveyor of ray influence. The rising sign conveys the purpose of one's life as, as it develops over a series of lives. It makes sense that one would have the same rising sign for a series of lives because you can't attain and embody the full quality of that influence in one brief life. Uh, the houses of the horoscope are also giving a deeper, purposeful soul expression in esoteric astrology, not so concerned with the mundane outer effects of the personality, but actually with the deeper aspects of the soul and how it works out through those various houses. The seven rays also work out, again, through the chart as I said, through the rising sign and its planetary rulers, but also through the sun sign. Sun sign and all the planets are conditioned by zodiacal ray influences, and each planet has a conditioning ray influence as well. So esoteric psychology combines the teaching on the rays, which condition a per person's vehicles, with the energies that condition through the astrological chart. And this combination of energies brings the incredible richness as well as the uniqueness of each individual. These sciences will be used in the future to help guide people into living in alignment with their higher self. And they will be used by parents, educators, psychologists, doctors, healers, and all those people who are concerned with human welfare. So now we're going to use our meditation and then we'll open it up to group sharing. Strengthening the hands of the group of world servers. Let's take a moment to link with all the other individuals and groups who are working at this new moon opportunity. Sanda Mantram. I am one with my group brothers 
and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. Recognize our place as a group within the heart center of the group of world servers. We mentally extend a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart center, and to the Christ, the heart of love, and then towards Shambhala, where this will of God is known. interlude holding the mind focused on the planetary role of the group of world servers mediating between hierarchy and humanity responding to hierarchical impressions and meditating the plan into existence
meditation on this deep part through the impression and expression of certain great ideas. Humanity must be brought to the understanding of the fundamental ideals which will govern the new age. This is the major task of the group of world servers. Precipitation. Visualize the precipitation of the will to good, essential love throughout the planet, from Shambhala through the hierarchy, the Christ, the group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere, and through the hearts and minds of the whole human family.
the interlude. Consider the many ways in which the power of the one life and the love of the one soul are working out in the world through members of the group of world servers, so building the thought form of solution to world problems. Sound in the adapted wording of the Great Invitation from the point of light within the mind of God.
let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth from the point of love within the heart of God. Let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth from the center where the will of God is known. Let purpose guide all little human wills the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. So if anybody has any thoughts that they'd like to share on the theme of the new psychology, um, the floor is open. Might not be super profound, in fact, probably isn't. But I remember when I uh, read Esoteric Psychology, I thought, oh, this is going to be really interesting. But it's going to be that. And then, because I, I didn't realize it was all about the rays almost. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it was interesting, but it wasn't what I was expecting. I didn't realize what he meant was that, like, how the rays condition the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think the word psyche is kind of an interesting one because, in one sense, the psyche is the soul, um, but also it's also related to mental health. It's used, you know, to relate to mental health and mental and emotional health, actually. And I think what's significant is that exoterically it's speaking about the mind, but esoterically when we speak about the soul, we also speak about the mind. And we think of the state of, we think of sustainable development, um, the work of the UN, and the health, you know, the, 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 the purpose of the UN is international peace and security, but it's also development, it's also human rights, and that's because in order to make a more peaceful world, um, I think what I'm trying to say is everything's interrelated, and I think at the crux of a lot of world problems is the, s- is the issue of mental health, and, um, and I don't think this distinction between esoteric psychology and exoteric psychology um, is really that that far. They're really not that far apart. 
And I think um, we talk about the science of redemption. I think there's a definite um, link there between those two. In the speech, I, it was indicated that it is psychology itself is a relatively new science, or new studies, and many changes are taking place. And it looks like the the whole idea of psychology is an externalization. before where the human being was considered in a very simplistic form materially, then psychology penetrated further into the final riches of the human being. And it has developed so much that today we're talking about esoteric psychology. It's as if the soul itself is making an outward push towards materializing itself. And its science is the esoteric psychology, which is relating almost every aspect of the race and initiation. And we can see its effect all over the world in terms of as the hierarchy itself is gradually externalizing, so the corresponding science, esoteric psychology, is also, so to say, materializing. And the reappearance of the Christ is all tied to all this avalanche of push. One of the one of the uh, popular studies in the universities is psychology. Mm -hmm. It's as if the young, the young, the youth have found their own science and they will be the exponent of this new science. And if we realize that the soul is light and it's also stands, it is that which understands, it stands below the not below, beyond the, the the personality. So this is the age or the group of people who through esoteric psychology will be bringing understanding. Understanding is actually the soul, that which understands the form. And so this ties in with the externalization of the hierarchy, the reappearance of the Christ, the age of understanding. I think it's interesting to think of the rays becoming more understood as the fourth ray comes into manifestation because the fourth ray will certainly reveal um, or give to humanity a fuller capacity to understand gradations of color. And the rays, as we know, are like the colors of the rainbow, the seven colors of the rainbow are embodied in this teaching. And so I think as humanity becomes more sensitive to color, it will play such a, a more prominent role in all aspects of our lives, in art, science, religion, meditation work, healing, and psychology. You know, we will all come to just see in different dimensions because as we know, the colors that we see are so limited. They're very much pale in comparison to the inner colors. And I think as our souls unfold in response to this ray energy, we'll be able to just see this whole science in a new light, literally new light. Maybe uh, instead of conflict, we'll see, like you were sort of indicating, greater contrast in colors yeah and blending yeah 
so um, I can see the need for another way of doing psychology. And I think the time is now. And I think if the job is done well, all, all of us will become psychologists uh, according to the right relation that we've established in whatever it is we do. Um, it was exciting in the 19th century when the understanding of psychology came about. There was a doctor named George Groddick who talked a lot about the body and uh, he, he thought all illnesses were, were caused by the psyche and um, he, he challenged Freud in many ways because Freud had such a um, mechanistic understanding of the instincts. And then in the 20th century, there was such a decline in uh, the field as a creative endeavor. And I was reading when the second ray always goes in a rhythm that I sort of calculated that approximately in 1965 is when the alternative forms of therapy began to emerge with the, an understanding of how just the energy of one's hand can, can influence another. So it, I'm humbled by uh, the possibility that we will and are establishing uh, a, a science that relies more on intuition and uh, insight into the soul. Um, there's another, in, in Catholic tradition, there's such a big use of seven, the seven works of mercy, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they do um, reflect upon um, what the psychology of the beloved community was to was to look like. And n now that we're in the 21st century and we've come to the notion of homo universalis, that we really are um, more than a collective, we're, we're a group, we're more than a species, we're, we're actually um, a collective of a one soul. To have an opportunity to look into that in a, with insight and vision toward the good is remarkable to the point of awesome, I guess. Um, but I see there's a lot ahead of us. There's so much that uh, we need to let go of in order to really grasp color, for example. We won't see the inner color if we're so reliant upon uh, achievement or um, immediate outcome. I envision a new psychology where we come into the world knowing that what we're about may take thousands of years. That That's a concept that could be so comforting in some ways for all of us if we, if we uh, thought about that. I guess the other thing that uh, that comes to mind is 20 years ago there was a book written about mental health in global mental health and included in that book were illustrations of ceremonial healings that took place among child soldiers in when they were brought back into the communities and art and how drawing and you know children w children who lost their arms were learning to draw with their toes. 
and and the, to to give back a kind of agency to them. S so I have a f sense that it will be understanding all of the rays and how they apply in what situations and how skilled humans can become to respond to need as it arises. A new kind of freedom is what I see coming up in this. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I think it's a big um, opportunity for consciousness to do what's required of us at this time. Um, I had a question, which, th and so what do you think we can do to precipitate or facilitate the penetration or the growth of uh, esoteric psychology or esoteric awareness into uh, psychology, either the field or within the people's understanding of it. And I mean, we, like each of us, not necessarily we, like the psychologist or other people. That's just a question for the group. Just to give my basic thoughts on that question is that um, Whenever you're talking about esotericism, you're talking about the formless world or the subtle world or the subjective world, the world of reality. And always when you're talking about that connection, the answer is, you know, what links those two is always the soul. And so I think anytime we're precipitating the nature of the soul, which in its triple nature is you know, sacrifice, intelligence, and love wisdom, anytime we're able to precipitate those archetypes or those principles, those qualities into human living, I think that's the esoteric life is precipitating. And I think the true understanding of esoteric principles will come as a result of that kind of overshadowing or of that inflow of energy. Y you bring to mind the the nature of we become what we um, we find our being in our becoming process and that um, practical love I think is a real beginning of intuition uh, I, you know I I do want to honor the great work that's been taking place in the latter half of the 20th century Roberto Asagioli and Michael Robbins in the Seven Rays. There's there's a tremendous amount of of um, insight in those. I, I have the feeling that we're on the we're needing to build uh, upon that so that um, humans can can find a deeper connection with the whole of which they are a part of nature. Um, I guess you know I'm a therapist, and I got, I got, uh, I thought that I knew some um, people that uh, would benefit more from what I could deliver of the seven rays than the work that we were doing in the office, and so I invited them out of my practice and into an experimental group, and the um, th the results were kind of remarkable from the standpoint of one of the people died and in and in the course of that dying she saw so much um, about uh, her place in in the seven rays and particularly with healing and the notion of sacrifice not as abnegating oneself but as uh, giving up the comfort zone for something better and the death went very quickly and smoothly. And another one had uh, pr such depression that she had electric shock treatment before she came into this group. Uh, I want to add all of these people were very high achievers. They were writers, a jeweler with a trademark, a playwright, 
and um, the the uh, lift that came as a result as a result of just exploring something that they weren't dealing with an authority. I had to say we we have to be equals here. I'll suggest where we should go and and uh, we'll read them and we'll look at the stuff together. But what I found was is that just e even in not knowing a great deal, not being an authoritative transpersonal psychologist, <coughs> the uh, information that people could intuit from themselves, by themselves, was remarkable. Um, so how we do it, I keep thinking practice. I think keep thinking, well, if you're in the field of psychology, just, you know, give it your best shot and keep learning. <laughs> it's, it, it's, there's time for it to, to develop and evolve and emerge. And if, if we just, you know, put our hands to the plow, maybe something will happen. Following on the same train of thought that uh, when we achieve, we don't achieve for ourselves. So any seemingly alone aspirant or disciple who brings about any measure of soul infusion is contributing to the externalization of the soul. It's contributing to the externalization of the hierarchy. It's contributing to speeding up the reappearance of the Christ. And today, you go to the internet, you type meditation, and you'll be surprised at what you will see. Before, it was non-existent. Yes. Then you type Full moon meditation, new moon meditation, you'll be surprised. I know. So something is really, there is emergence of a new psychology indeed. What Jung and the rest titled as a daily continuum, the others actually bearing fruit. Uh, you mentioned that the heart of the problem is mental. It better makes it clear that you cannot solve a problem from the same plane that that problem is occurring. If the major problem today, is the, if the heart of the problem is mental, and you, you are even talking about the mental health of, of humanity, it's amazing you can talk about something like this. So if that mental health is an issue, then definitely it will only be solved by going beyond the plane of the mind into the soul. So esoteric psychology, the advent and its, you know, the, the, the increasing influence of esoteric psychology, this means that healing is available because the mind separates, divides, analyzes, discriminates with so much, so many benefits but it looks like when the mind is finished with all that activity, then it can't put it together again. And it has to go beyond. It has to be humble enough to kneel to seek help in the soul council. And esoteric psychology today is the hidden modalities that will link all the minds together. After all, says the soul, one of the major qualities of the soul is light. And one of the major qualities of light is that it reveals. The soul is that which understands, it stands under the fall. And the Tibetan says understanding is a revealing energy which makes achievement possible. So we are, this topic that you are talking about is an amazing topic and we are grateful that Kathy has brought it up for all of us.
Emmanuel, I think you're talking about a new psychology of joy. <laughs> there, there was one story that I wanted to share from a woman that I once interviewed. She was an astrologer, and um, she was also like a psychologist. And she told me that, um, unlike many people in the New Age field who have past life uh, visions, she had a more of a vision of her next life, a precognitive vision. And to me, when she told me, it struck as truth. And um, she said that it was sort of a vision of a scene from her life, not her whole life. Just this, she was working as a psychologist and a young couple were coming to see her, not just once, but as a counseling thing, because they were trying to decide with her help and with their own soul's help um, whether or not they should marry, um, because they wanted to know if their marriage would have a purpose higher than themselves and whether they were compatible. And she was collecting some data from them, from you know, sort of tests that they were taking, as well as conversations that she was having with them. And she was putting this data into a computer-type situation. And um, then she was analyzing the data that was given, and she was able to communicate with the people, the couple, whether or not, what her conclusions were. And um, I really do think that will be one of the ways when that this psychology will be used to align ourselves with a higher purpose beyond our individual preferences as to whether this partner is someone that we like. It's not so much about, about whether we like someone, it's more about a higher purpose of fulfilling some function. And so I think psychology will change as people, more and more people come in as disciples who are looking for purpose and meaning in their lives, um, who are seeking to rise above their individual personalities and work um, with the really transformative energy of the soul. Uh, I was listening to a psychologist speaking last night, a very brilliant man, but he had some new theories that really he thought, you know, count, count took you, uh, Freud's teaching to another level. and. But he admitted that of after his whole life writing 40 books or so on this technique, he said actually working with it with patients was almost minuscule, the progress that he saw, even though he felt the technique was amazing and revelatory, it didn't produce results. And so I think the new psychology is going to be like a, a superhighway in terms of like we're going to see more results because it's not just going to be uh, stuck in an emotional or lower mental level. It's going to raise to a higher level. Yeah, he was a very honest, very honest person. So what happened? Was it correct for that couple to get together in the future? She didn't say. No? <laughs> the vision didn't go. Because then they wouldn't have to pay her because we'd have a transcript we could you know, send in a time capsule. But I thought just the fact that they were both willing to consult someone showed a lot about their potential as a couple, I would say. The story is so inspiring. Um, yeah. And it makes me think of, like now, and you, you kind of said this, but just to restate it, psychology now is really focused on new mental health problems, but whereas actually true psychology could be towards achieving a life purpose and actually towards creating something divine and something spiritual and something that kind of serves the redemptive plan of divinity on mm. the planet through the, through the human life. It's just so, so much beauty, like you said, the fourth ray also coming in in, mm. in that. Mm. Yeah. I think as we get more aware of that also, it, there's, it happens now in psychology, but that people who consult may not be ready for exactly. it mm -hmm. and that part of the contribution is to uh, I I advise people give them some kind of a program or what you know a protocol or 
a series of questions. Sometimes I'll see people and say, you know, I don't think you're going to get a lot from this until you have a more uh, clear determination of your part in it. And that we don't often, um, we, we don't always recognize the importance of agency in the person who's coming in. So that at that story you told, Kathy, the couple had a lot of agency. They had a, 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 the insight that a, a happy marriage, a fulfilling marriage, is going to be larger than themselves. And so they came in with the question. And I, I think that's a part of also this transition that needs to happen is to is to help people educate before not necessarily always treat. So maybe we should just have one more share before we close. So did you this is going to aid uh, speed up uh, a higher and more potent recognition of the need for vocational education mm-hmm. because it is actually like he says, uh, the poet says that turning and turning the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Therefore, things fall apart. Vocational training is a calling. Mm-hmm. And when we have reached a stage where we can hear the call for each human being, tremendous of the problems will be solved. Mm-hmm. Because then they will hear and they will turn they will find their path that leads to wholeness. Well, thank you, everyone, for sharing. Um, and the next um, full moon meditation is on the 16th, I believe, of June, Sunday, in this room at 3 p.m. That's the Christ Festival, Festival of Humanity, Festival of Unification. And then the next day is World Invocation Day. So as I said in the beginning, we're building towards this really powerful point of distribution of the energies of the whole three spiritual festivals really pouring out. And it is the Festival of Humanity. So it's it's our job during these next two weeks to become receptive to these energies in our own being and to do what we can to distribute them and to encourage others to at least use the Great Invocation on June 17th. And those of you who would like to contribute to that can um, go to our Facebook page and worldinvocationday.org. If you go to that site, we have some slides, really nice slides developed to promote World Invocation Day on social media. So we encourage you to do what you can. We have two videos to educate people about this day. And we hope that as many people as possible can distribute these things as widely as possible to make this day truly an invocative day of the forces of divinity. Yeah, the resources... some of the resources will, won't be available t- until the next couple of days, but there are some things there already. So let's just end with a moment of silence, and then we'll sound the Om. Thank you.